Grab the popcorn and get ready to join Chris and Geordie on a journey through some of the most celebrated films of all time that Geordie's never seen before. You're listening to It's About Time You Watch This. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's About Time You Watch This. It's Chris. And Geordie. And today we are getting a bit creepy, a little, a little bit, bit kooky. Da-da-da-da. Yes, that's right. We are watching the 1991 film version of The Addams Family. They're wildly sensitive. What are you doing? I'm going to electric you. Oh, all right. Deeply eccentric. Ah, miss! But most of all... May I have a salt? What do we say? Now. Their family. The Addams Family. Yes, and this is a, a personal favourite of mine. It was a favourite of mine growing up, Geordie, and one mm-hmm. that I love. And you've... I've watched uh, it a fair bit too. You've watched this a fair bit. I have. Which but the second means, one was better. Which means we need to bring someone in that hasn't watched it. <gasps> a special guest who has joined us once before. Yes. In similar circumstances. I didn't think we were going to bring him back after yeah, last look, time. It was a very touch and go idea of bringing him back after he shat all over Greece too. But this is his redemption. Hate. This is his redemption. We're bringing him back because he is... Just being cast as Uncle Fester in Trinity College Colac's performance of The Addams Family, which is coming up soon. You can get your tickets now through Trinity College. Josh Cook, welcome back, Josh. Hello, I'm happy to be here. You, this you time we'll see, you. So we'll I was see. Say you should be happy to <laughs> I am happy. Oh, I'm here to redeem myself You're this very time. very close okay, to not coming good. back this time after, <laughs> after some of the things you said about our beloved Grace too. Oh. But this could be just as interesting because it actually shocked me because you are a film buff. Mm-hmm. You're a bit like me. You watch a lot of movies. I don't know. Lot. You've got some. Give yourself a bit of a plug for your Instagram. Uh, oh, I got to remember what the, it's actually called. <laughs> uh, I think it's just. Worst, he's never had to plug himself. I've never had to. I've never had to plug myself for this Aww. before. I th- believe it is just Josh S. Cook's movies. I believe. Let me double check. That. I didn't even know he had an Instagram. Yeah. Wait, what? Well, that's awkward. <gasps> oh, oh no! I'll give you a follow. It is. It's Josh S. Cook movies. So make sure you give that a follow where Josh uh, recommends some good movies. Well, maybe you should be following maybe that. Maybe I should so be following, yeah. There's been some good ones on there. So it surprised me when you said to me, I'm starring The Addams Family. Do you want to do an episode of the podcast on The Addams Family? Because I've never seen it. And mm-hmm. I went, wait, what? Yeah. I know. It's one that I have heard about. And I think it is, we were mentioning before, the second one where they go, uh, Wednesday and Pugsley go off to... Um, the camp, I believe. Yes, yep. yes, Adam Sandler. Yep. So I haven't seen that one either, but that one was on TV all the time of like yeah. a Friday night. Yeah. So like I'd often see little glimpses of them at camp, but I'd never seen the whole movie, and then I'd never seen the first one, and so then when it came, when it got announced that we were doing it, I was like, oh no, because I haven't <laughs> watched it, so I should probably get into that. Yep. And well, then now I have. So, so did you apply like audition before you even watched the movie? Yes. Wow. Yeah, well, well, so you just knew it was going to be good. I think that's probably a good thing, though, because the, the musical is very different. It to is this different. Movie. The plot of this movie and the musical's plot is so different. Like the film, it's based around the character of Uncle Fester, but the musical is more about Wednesday and her boyfriend Lucas and the oh. family meeting Lucas and trying to accept him and his family, whereas this is about like money and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so first of all, I think we need to whinge to Trinity College that you're not a main role then. I thought Fester was the main role. No. I've got an issue not. with this. No, nah, so <laughs> I think I think our boy Josh is mirroring himself a little bit after the enigma that is James Twaits. 
because he's now taking the he's taking the he's taking side the side role that is the standout role. <laughs> the, the standout. One that, you know so how, it's not meant to be about him, but it will one hundred percent be about with him. Franz in Rock of Ages. Yes, yes. and that, that's what I'm ta- that's what I'm having Ooh. flashbacks to is Josh's Franz <gasps> and seeing what he does with Uncle Fester because Uncle Fester is such a good character. That's true, especially when he's a side character and doesn't have to. And then you're like, not part of the yucky romancey stuff. Well. No, um, I won't spoil Ooh. anything. Oh, I won't spoil anything. <gasps> um, but there's one thing before we actually get into yes. the film. Okay. I'm debating on whether putting out a poll if I should shave my head or not for the poll. <gasps> now, for those that haven't seen Josh, well, they would have because we put a photo up when we did Grease 2. Yep. But Josh has Luscious. fantastic hair. Luscious hair. I'm fantastic sitting here hair. wanting like, to hair put that my hair I'm jealous it. of. Needed it for yep. Grease. Needed it for Grease. Yep. Good excuse, but it's Ooh. luscious hair. Luscious. Can I say this? If you were going to shave it, I would do it for like World's Greatest Shave or something. Yes, to and that's make what I to was make thinking. it actually an event. But we've but just passed World's I, Greatest Shave, haven't but, we? No, you can do World's Greatest Shave anytime, whenever, whenever you mm. want, because it's for such an amazing cause. But as someone who's jealous of that hair, I I don't know mm. if I could do it. Mm-hmm. And because also, but it'll I, be winter, won't it? The only yep. <gasps> middle of winter too. The only problem that I have is that it would then have to grow back for graduation. But those would be some funny graduation photos, though. But you When's don't want graduation? That for graduation? Oh, near the end of the year, and the show will so, be sep- September. September. So you'd have two, two and a half months. How long did it take to get your hair this long? No idea. No. Cannot remember. When was the last time you had a like a proper haircut? Last time I had a haircut was the week of Red Doors Grease. So it's been a while. It's been a but even month. before, okay. like, all right, before that to get it to the lengths for Danny. How uh, long did that? No Couple idea. of months? I can't remember. No. Oh, yeah, you're running the gambit there. Yeah, but, okay, worst case but again, scenario. Worst case scenario, wig. short back and sides. Like, it would yeah. still look neat. You would, Probably swimming cap, pen and white. That, yeah, exactly. That, or you just keep the shaved head and keep the festa look for graduation. <laughs> Show look. up in character. <laughs> I mean, why not? Like, yes. Everyone's wearing a gown anyway. You've just got a brown coat instead. Like, <laughs> I'm all for it. Look, let's get into okay, the movie okay. because we have, rolling through your notes, Josh, we have, a lo- we have a lot to get through. Yes. <laughs> so obviously the movie starts at Christmas time, which is an interesting choice for an Adam's Family movie because obviously Adam's Family is supposed to be so gothic and dark, but it starts yep. with Christmas, Christmas carolers and it does throw you off a little bit. I wasn't expecting that at no. all. No. I was like, whoa, this is going to be a Christmas movie? I didn't and know that. And then all of a sudden, hot oil straight down onto the carolers and then the yep. Adam's Family we know and love are in. Bang. And we're here. Yep. No, it, the, uh, this whole opening credits reminded me a lot of Tim Burton. Actually, this whole movie did. Yeah, I was like, I was honestly surprised when I then went and looked at the director. I was like, this could have easily been a Tim Burton movie. Hundred percent. Probably mm. would have been more darker. Yeah. Yep. But but that's why. Have you watched Wednesday? No, I haven't. <gasps> I ha- no, well, because I hadn't seen this first, so I always oh. like to go back and okay. watch the first stuff first. So, okay. 100% rec- recommend watching Wednesday. You have because one week of holidays left. is directed by Tim Burton. Oh, okay, cool. So he did get his hands on it. He did get his hands on it eventually, and it is a lot more gothic feeling. It's less Adam's Family. It's more detective-y sort of show. Okay. And I think they're planning on steering into more Adam's Family stuff in season two. But I've only seen The Dance because that is just every, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, everyone's seen that. Everyone's but, seen yeah, the Dance. Yeah, 100% worth watching. But so Barry good. Sonnenfeld that directed this one, mm-hmm. uh, directed the 1991 version, he also directed Men in Black. Yeah, he did all three, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's got that sort of theme. And if you watch these movies, they are very similar. They are similar. Similarly shot. You know, the framing mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff, and it is very similar, and you can really tell his style. Yes. Um, and I do love a good Barry Sonnenfeld movie. It's a very, very good director, but it does lend itself to Tim Burton, the whole mm-hmm. narrative, and especially around the time this came out, because this was in early, between, early it, This was early. This was after Batman 
before Batman Returns, after Beetlejuice, like it's, before Edward Scissorhands, it's in that real Tim Burton era where it really could have been if they'd given it to him. Yeah, and I don't know he was, and I think he was um, working on a few others in would, that process as well. So he probably he wouldn't have been had time working to do it. on a Nightmare Before well, Christmas around then, wouldn't he? Funny about Nightmare Before Christmas. We're getting off tr- topic here, it's but it's not actually his. But it's not actually his. He wrote the poem. Yeah, the movie is based on. That's right. Mm. And that he didn't direct it. And the director of that movie actually did a film recently called Wild and Wendell. I think it is. It's on oh, Netflix I at the moment. It's a Jordan Peele movie that oh, really? he did with the director of Nightmare Before. And it's it's it, watch that. It's incredible. Oh, okay. I'll find I the link. I know the I'll send Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> she does. That's good. That's good to know. <laughs> Every episode we're learning. Yeah. <laughs> to us. I'm impressed that she's seen it. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest. Like, <laughs> but then, so it's straight in. And this movie, and we were talking about this before we started recording, and the fact that it's it's almost set up like a bunch of little sketches. Yes. Like it's almost like an episode of Saturday Night Live just, just with Adam's family characters. With an over, There's an overarching story that goes across the whole movie, but it's a lot of little scenes. Like we get the, the clock scene at the start, which I love. Like the design of that clock. Yeah, is, it's so cool. Like it, it's so good. And yeah, you, you get Thing and the the graphics for Thing, I think for 1991. It was really good. It, it was surprisingly yeah. good. Like, and it was, I'm pretty sure, like the green screen where they – take it out. It wasn't actually yeah. digitally inserted. It was, he was there. He was there doing, yeah. the, doing, and like that technology for that time era, it does look so good. I mean, this thing is probably the best um, visual effects work in this. Cause like near the end when we'll yes. get to that later, we'll but, that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they might've blown all the budget doing thing. Just, and, and yeah. Yeah. Else, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like thing is a happy surprise because sadly in the uh, show, well, at least for hours, we just, we won't be able to do thing because no, no yeah, one yeah. can How chop can their that? hand off. And doesn't quite work. I did pitch to be in a green screen suit the whole time and just walk <laughs> around as thing, but sadly that didn't happen. Yeah. How, how is thing portrayed in the stage show? Just well, diversing slightly. So is it is it just something that will just sit on someone's shoulder, or is it? I think in a box? I think in some I haven't watched too too many of them, um, but in some he's a prop. But in others, there's scenes where the curtains fully close and oh, someone just the stick, they just stick their that. hand okay. out. Which surprised because in the '60s TV show, and you two probably have ne- neither. Have you I've seen only this? I've only seen the little bits. Okay, so thing was a hand in a box. Yes, okay. that's right. So the box would open and thing would come out and yep, and then mm-hmm. he would pull the lid down on the box and go back into the box. So like table person under yeah. the table hand up. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying that you can go in and tell the director how to do the show, Josh, but maybe that's a way you could do it. <laughs> yeah, so, possibly. So we get into the plot of this movie, and that is that Uncle Fester's been missing for 25 years. Yes. They're all devastated. Gomez misses him. He wants his brother back. Mm-hmm. Their lawyer finds this out, and he is running afoul of some local crooks. The lawyer and the crooks devise a plan to rob the Adams family of their fortune mm-hmm. by making them think that one of the crooks is Uncle Fester come back found at last? Yeah. yeah, that this threw me off. I was so confused as to what was happening. I was like, is this actually Fester, or is it just someone <laughs> that really, really resembles him? And that's it, it's such a wild premise for for something that like the TV show never really dealt with. This it was, it was no. a comedy show. Um, the cartoons, the comic strips, none of these sort of stuff had dealt with this sort of subject matter before this movie came out. So it was a real almost adult way of approaching this source material. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which works but doesn't work sometimes at the same time. It's a bit it's a bit weird. Just mm-hmm. just a little bit. But then we get into you know so they they hatch this plan but in the background of this and I'm just reading through some of your notes here. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of these little 
skits. Yes. Like, it, that are all tied together. But The you know, comedy of this film is really funny. Yeah. I was laughing yeah. at a lot of little things that happened in this movie. It's so well acted. And I know people have got such a soft spot for Christina Ricci as Wednesday. And obviously she's... Is she? I have a question. Yes. Is she the girl from Casper? Yes. 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 She looked familiar. Yes. And I was like, why do I know you? She's yes, from Casper. Casper. Yep. Also in a ton of other stuff. But... She has a role in the new Wednesday show because fans were so yeah. fans okay. were so adamant that she had to be a part of yes, it. They brought cool. her on a caster in the in in the TV show as ah, well. That's because, awesome. And the cast for this movie has sort of endured through a lot of that. Apart from the kid that played Pugsley, I don't think he had a huge career. But mm-hmm. um, obviously, you had Christopher Lloyd as Uncle he Fester. He is the best part of this. And Jordy Christopher <laughs> Lloyd. I don't know if you recognise this. Do you know where he's from? And a movie oh. that we've literally. Just done for this podcast not too many not too many weeks ago. Back, he's Doc in Back to the Future. My what? favorite movie. <gasps> no. Yes. He is Doc. Doc. Christopher Lloyd is Doc. <gasps> he is when you think about it and you get rid of the hair. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I knew that. Sure you did. <laughs> uh, but you're right. Like the things like even cutting the roses and that's a favorite thing oh, the Morticia's cutting yes. the roses and she's cutting the heads off the roses and leaving Instead the stem because like yep. everything that's like seen as like bad or weird to us is like good, good to for them, them and yes. they love it and I'm like oh that's just such a funny concept I love that so yep. the note you've got here it's all about Festa yeah I was that that shocked you did that, it that shocked me because the this show so what we're doing the plot of the show revolves more around Wednesday yep. and uh, her boyfriend Lucas and the two families trying to meet each other and then Fest is kind of the somewhat narrator of the show and he's got little bits here and there but then this whole movie just revolves around the fact that he's gone missing yep. and yep. then someone's him. like disguised but isn't disguised because it actually is him and I was like whoa this is a lot more Fester heavy than what I thought. The whole plot of the movie as you said revolves around the missing Festa. Mm. Actually, no, I was going to bring up the ending, but we won't get to that just yet. I okay. want to roll through some more of your notes first because obviously the ending is a bit interesting. But we, a lot of your notes revolve around these these jokes. And yes. I can tell how much you really <laughs> dug the comedy in this. Um, the books on the shelves. The books on yes. the shelves. One of my favourite scenes, and you did have this as a note here too, Uncle Nick Knack. Yes. That I'm- whole sk- – and again, it feels like a sketch. Yes. Like it feels completely separate from the movie. Like, And uh, most of those little scenes do. They all feel f- completely separate. But that Uncle Nick Knack scene, I've watched this movie so many times since it was released. Like this came out when I was three. I'm 36 now. Like it came out in 1991. I've, I watch this movie at least twice, three times a year. I love this movie. Wow. Okay. I love it. Especially around Halloween. It's one of the first ones that gets a run. Yeah. That Uncle Nick Knack scene makes me laugh out loud every single time it, I watch it. It did the He's same He's not exaggerating. <laughs> every time. Every time. <laughs> every time. Because I just find it so funny. It's just so random, but it's so funny. Yeah. And that's the, the humour in this movie, as you, you touched on it before. Like, it is, it, it's all like that. Like, it's just all such it. There's not really a joke in this movie that doesn't really fire. Mm. No. Like, it's so good. All right, you've also got down here, Uncle Fester, does he have superpowers? Yeah, so this is this is a question that I've still because like we we've only just somewhat started yep. our show and stuff, so I'm still getting to know his mannerisms and his backstory a little bit. Yep. But from what I've seen, like there's the iconic thing of him putting the light, light bulb, bulb in his mouth and yep. then it turns on, and then like in this movie he grabs I forget the character, but he picks someone up and turns him upside down against a wall, and I'm like, whoa, yeah, do you have super? What is your power set? I am I going to be able to pull this off? <laughs> Look, I don't think it, it, 
again, with this movie, it all varies from adaptation to adaptation because you've got these movies, you've got the animated movies, you've got the Wednesday series now, you've got the cartoons, mm-hmm. the 60s show. In the Wednesday series, in the new series, and I don't want to give too much away, but Fester, okay. Fester does appear in that. Ah, cool. And the whole plot of the show is the fact that she's going to, Wednesday's going to Nevermore Academy, which is essentially Hogwarts for... Yeah. Oh, okay. Witches and um, werewolves and... Cool, I like that. That sort of thing. So it's sort of like a cross between Hogwarts and Percy Jackson. Mm, Okay. Basically. And in that, Uncle Fester has electricity powers Uh, and that's sort of his gift. Right. That's what it's sort of... That's what's alluded to. I sort of get the feeling that maybe he's a necromancer with those powers that he can bring people back from the dead. Maybe is what that, yeah, yeah potentially oh, because well, there's a few lines in the Wednesday series that sort of allude to that. In the show, uh, one of the points, well, actually what Fester does throughout is he makes the Adams family ancestors stick around. He, they bring them back from the dead at the start and then they're kind of around with him for the rest of the show. So well, there we go. So maybe that that's is. the law. And I don't know enough about the deep, deep law into the, comic strips and all. And again, this was based on a comic strip that appeared in newspapers. Like we've got to remember that stuff. Like, yeah, it's I not, forget that. Like that's, I think time. a lot of people do that. This That's where the Adams Family started was it was a comic strip. And that's where a lot of the designs and stuff for not only the new Wednesday show, but even the new animated movies that came out a couple of years ago that's where they were really from. based that's on right. those comic strips and the cartoons from the, from the, I think there was, there was a version in the seventies and then a version in the nineties of the cartoon as well, I think. Sort of Hanna-Barbera style. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. So... Just, I'm just going through your notes because mm-hmm. I could tell that you were so confused I was. by so much of this movie. <laughs> um, it's just the whole, the starting of like, is Fester Fester or is this another guy? Because I couldn't tell. And I think the movie's designed to keep you guessing. Yeah. Because you do, in point, you're like, oh, it's definitely Fester. Like when he's helping the kids out with the stage play. Yes. And he becomes so enamoured with the kids. And you're yes. like, okay, he's Uncle it's Fester. Like he, but then he's back helping his mother rob the place. And... Mm. Yeah. You know, then he turns at the end and he, you know, it, it, it's so backwards and forwards and you really don't know. And when yeah. he's getting questioned, like from um, Not More Tisha, what's the bloke's name? Like he'll ask him questions and be like, do you Gomez. remember this? Yeah. Oh, no, yeah these memories or these things. When they're in the vault. And yeah. He's, yeah. He's like, and he keeps and throwing like, up the wrong answers and he's mm. like, he's like, yeah. you're first to go. He's like, I smoked since I was five. Mother insisted. Yeah. Like stuff like that. Like, yeah. yeah. And, it's the, and again, it's that writing, those little throwaway lines. But they're so good. They're yeah, so good. And so it reminds good. me, it almost reminds me of The Simpsons. Yeah. Because, and we, we were talking about this the other night, watching The Simpsons at home, the fact that The Simpsons has so many little throwaway lines that are incredible jokes. Yep. But they're that, so that, They're just little, just little throwaway lines that people mm. don't even remember that you go, that's an incredible joke. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, my favourite, and I've brought this up a couple of times, so I might have even brought it up in the podcast, is my favourite my Simpsons joke is where Lisa is going to buy the hamster. When they're doing that, where she's going to see, is my brother as smart as a hamster? And she goes to buy the hamster and she's like, the guy's like, uh, this one writes mysteries under the name P. Ignatius. And she's like, how does a hamster write mysteries? And he's like, well, he works out the ending first and he works his way backwards. And I'm like, <laughs> that's such an incredible joke. Like so incredible. Yeah. But it just like, it's a blink and you miss it. Like, yeah, yeah. it's gone. Um, and this movie has so much of that as well. One of my favorites was when they're sitting down at the, um, the dinner table and Wednesday's eating and then they say something along the lines of like Wednesday asks for something and then Morticia's like the what salt. Do, yeah the salt yeah. and then she's like what do we say and then she's like now, now. instead of please, <laughs> please which is just like oh that's such a funny play on those <laughs> that's and, what I mean it's all that yep. sort of stuff that's just so clever it's I wonder so how many kids 
took that and yeah, actually then used it at home. <laughs> <laughs> I still do occasionally as well. Yes, you like, do. It's so out of the realm of like you get that sort of stuff and you're like, okay, yeah, that's yeah, you know, they live in our world and that's but then there's the scene and you've got a note of it here too. The real people in the train. So when Gomez is really upset and he's really upset about he, he's starting to think that Fester isn't actually Fester and he's getting really angry and he's playing with his trains. And there's yes. a scene where like, the trains are going round and then it goes to the inside of the train and there's a guy in there reading his newspaper and you see big Gomez outside going, <laughs> and That's the guy's like, just reading his newspaper. It's like, what does that mean? So is there real little people living in the trains? Or Do those, they have a collection of real mini people? Or, or are those actual people they've gone miniaturized and taken home? Or is it just there for her, uh, for a hilarious joke that it's we're supposed to blink just and random. miss? Just random, yeah. Is it just random? Line. But it's just so... So bizarre. Oh. Yep. Um, one of the notes you've got here. Now, this intrigues me because okay. I haven't picked up on this. Little kid from Jurassic Park. Yes. He... Oh, I can't remember when he comes in. But he didn't age for a little chunk of time. He was in one of the Nightmare on Elm Street kids. He was like... No, I not mean Elm Street movies. Mm. As a kid, he was like Freddy's son or something. It was like in the fifth one, the Dream Child. I'm probably wrong. You might have to look no, that no, up. No, no, no. But he was in that, and then who was he in Jurassic Park? He was the little kid that Alan Grant taunts at the start. Taunts at the start. Okay, yes, I know the kid you're talking about. Yep. And so he. From that A Nightmare on Elm Street movie to Jurassic Park, he does look a little bit younger in The Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. but like the aging, he aged Doesn't really it. slow. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, you've looked the same in every movie I've seen you I'm in. I'm trying to think of what, I know the kid you're talking about, his, his name is Whit Hertford. He's now 36. He's the same age as me. Oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, so I'm just pulling up his IMDb. Okay, so he was in Poltergeist 2. I haven't seen that one yet. From 1986. A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child, you're right. Yep, he, okay. was, he played Jacob. He was in, uh, he was a voice in Tailspin. He was a voice, he did a lot of voiceover work. He was a uh, voice in Darkwing Duck as well. Oh, Darkwing yeah. Duck. So he was in the Adams Family, Jurassic Park, as Volunteer Boy in Jurassic Park. Volunteer, volunteer. Boy. That was what he was. Now like, we know his character's was, name. That's what yep. he was credited as, Great Volunteer name. Boy. Volunteer Boy. <laughs> <laughs> the only other thing that he's been in that I recall that I think I would have seen, but he would have been much older. He was in an episode of Glee. It's oh. like a minor character. The rest of the stuff was voiceover work. Right. So I don't know why I recognise his face so much, but yeah, you're right. I know I know exactly the kid you're talking about. Immediately I was just like, oh, it's the kid from Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh, okay. I see you around a little bit. Good pickup. Mm. I'm impressed by the pickup. <laughs> Very impressed by the pickup. So then there's little things again, and we keep talking about the little details in this movie, but... Like one of your notes here, Wednesday, when she's sleeping with her arms crossed. Yeah, yes. that was just funny. I was just like, <laughs> I don't know. Because that's like a yeah, Dracula like a, like a type, body thing. type thing. And yep. again, yeah. she does that in, in, Wednesday. in oh, Wednesday. Oh, they continue well. it? They continue oh. that, which Keeps is really going. cool. Um, like she has this whole thing in there like that. Like So then obviously we get to one of my favorite scenes in the movie, the Mamushka. Oh, Mamushka. Mamushka. So much going on. So much so dancing. Good. Is there a mamushka in the stage show? Because if there's not, you're going to have to really try to sell me a ticket to this because... Mamushka! There's Look, not, I hate there? to say it, but that only because the storyline just doesn't oh. fit itself to have one. I mean, you can still come and watch me and the rest of the guys. Suppose, We're pretty good. But, oh. 
song, but can you do it like, like when they do the Mamma Mia stage show where they all come out at the end and do like a song? Oh, all yeah. the characters come out. Can you do that? But the Mamushka with the Adams family. Talk to the talk to the director. If the yeah. audience wants an encore, we will do that. Well, that's a big call. Ooh-hoo. You heard it here first. We let's make it happen. Let's make, the, let's make him do an encore. I should probably double check. I was going to say, I'd make, <laughs> maybe run that by a few people first. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll just be Josh by himself at the end <laughs> yeah, of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> juggling knives. It'll be me and the ancestors. will uh, just I'll come just out. Juggling and, knives. Yeah. I love it. It'll be perfect. But again, a scene that is so random and out of place for a movie like this. Like you, it's, again, if you'd walked in to see an Amazon movie, you're not expecting to see Roll Julia doing a musical number. No. no. Just but not expected. At the same time, though, it's like because of the weird and anything that the family does, uh, when it was happening, I'm like, you know what? Eh. It doesn't surprise me. No. But then that's where the movie really kicks in a gear because obviously this is when Fester and his mum go looking for the treasure or yes. that sort of stuff. Wednesday figures out the secret that he's not actually Uncle Fester mm-hmm. and they get the restraining order. They kick the family out. It, it sort of kicks this whole new part of the movie into gear from Yeah, there. this part I would like section like the Adams family in America or something like that trip yeah. to America because seeing them not in their world but in our normal world I was like yeah. whoa this this is out of place. No. Yeah. And again another great line they're in the they're in their hotel apartment and grandma's outside and she's going here, kitty, kitty, kitty. And it's he's like banging. She's like, dinner is gonna be late. Yeah. And then you see her running with a baseball bat. I was like, amazing. Like just again, it's such a little throwaway thing, but so funny. It's so yeah. funny. And then they finally Morticia decides she's gonna go and confront Fester. Mm-hmm. And Fester, he's so on edge because he's built this, he still doesn't remember anything. And he's built this almost family relationship with them, even though he's not sure if he's their family. But they, the lawyer and his mum, mm-hmm. they tie her up. Gomez comes to save the day thanks to Thing and his little He's Yes. Like the, I brought up in the Grease 2 thing, that one guy who runs up at the start of the movie and jumps through the window. Gomez <laughs> just does the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, whoa. But I also love the scene where Thing is trying to explain to Gomez what's going on and he's doing yes. Morse code with the, with, the, um, with the cereal bowl yeah. and he's like trying to spell it out with the letters <laughs> in the cereal and then he's like, you know. Tapping being, the And thing. Gomez gets so excited when he realises and he's, yeah. And then but it proceeds leads into, to flip through his window. Yep. And it leads into, as we talked about earlier, the CGI starts to lack here because yeah. they have the big sword fight. Yes. And then they open they the, open the book and there's a tornado. They open Gone with the Wind. Gone with <laughs> Just the, that. Which I love. Oh, so funny. Again, another, just such a clever, like those books are such clever little jokes. I forget what, what were some of the other ones? Uh, there there was, was the one with the sunlight or yeah, something. I can't yeah. remember what the name of the book was. But there's mm. such clever little jokes in it, just in those book titles as well. So yeah. that obviously, Fester gets struck by lightning. Yes, <laughs> and shockingly yes. remembers that he <sighs> actually what actually was the story actually happened. She found him lost in a tuna net, and he actually was Fester. Which then you go, wait, that's the one thing and I love this movie. But that's the part where I go, wait, what? Like, so she knew that he actually was Fester the whole time. So why would In you which case, you? why didn't she try to do this earlier? No idea. Or I think she didn't realise he was Fester, but she had found him and they p- used part of their real story to fool the Adams family. So confusing. It was this part also. The ending I found a little bit lacklustre in the fact of like the whole thing about the, the treasure. 
Like I thought they were going to have more of a payoff for that because yeah. they mention it. Then Gomez and Festa go to it and we get to see it. But then like all of this stuff that happens in the house, I thought like, and I mean, this is just like from watching other films, yeah, yeah, you'd yeah. think they would go down to the treasure and all and that, that, that's it where would it happen would, there. That's where all yeah. that stuff would happen, not in there, not in the, the library. Yeah, but then yeah. it doesn't happen. And I was kind of just like, well, mm, this payoff seems a little, and because they get rid of the mum and lawyer guy quite quickly. And I was just like, ooh, this seems a little bit, I don't know. Time to wrap it up. Yeah. 90 minutes. We're done. We're done. Yeah. That's sort of, how, that's, do we, how do we end this story? Uh, we just, we bury them alive and open the book. Yeah. Open the book. So, Lives. yeah, I don't know. And then, yeah, that, that CGI of the um, them getting torn around in the tornado, I was kind of like, mm, it fell off a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> fell off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't have a huge payoff. And then, obviously, it leads into a sequel mm-hmm. where, yeah, Which is more, so more, Morticia sort of announces that she's having a baby. Yes. And it's going to be a new Adam's family member. So there's actually a, uh, don't know if you know, there's a third one apparently. There is. And I didn't it, know that. And it doesn't have any of the original cast. Tim Ooh. Curry, who played Frankenfurter in Rocky Horror Picture Show, plays oh. Gomez. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Daryl Hannah, you might remember Daryl Hannah. She was a big star in the 90s. You'd know if you saw her. Is she, she in Blade Runner? That, I, don't, I could be wrong on you, this. I'm not sure. But she plays Morticia, so it's a very, it was very low budget, very, right. for lack of a better term, it was the Grease 2 version of The Adams Family. Is it like a <laughs> made for TV? Yeah, pretty much. I think it was released, it might have been a straight to video. Right. I don't, think, I don't know if it was released in cinemas, but it was a, it was like a Adams Family reunion, I think it was called, and they were going to a family reunion. She was in Blade Runner. There you Blade go. Hey, look at that. Look You're at on you. it. You're all over it. All over it. Look, let's, I've got some quick facts. Okay. So MC Hammer yeah. wrote The Adams Family Grooves that plays in the credits, <laughs> which is still one of my favourite songs. Okay, that's cool. They do what they do, what I want to do, say what they want. I love it. Um, Anthony Hopkins turned down the role of Uncle Fester. Anthony Hopkins as Uncle Fester? Because this was around Silence of the Lambs time, He instead it? opted to play Hannibal Lecter in okay. Silence of the Lambs. Thank God for that. So... <laughs> Which Sean Connery was originally approached to play Hannibal Lecter, what? but turned it down. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh. Sean Connery was supposed to play Hannibal Lecter. He said no. So Anthony Hopkins took that instead of this. Wow. So can you really, imagine the world we would live in? It would be different. If Sean Connery played Hannibal Lecter, and Geordie's looking at me like, "Who is Hannibal Lecter?" <laughs> I'll just have a nap now. You guys keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> but can you imagine that world? Because, yeah, that alters a lot of things. It changes a lot. Because, like, the Oscars that were won, the sequels that were made. Oh everything. Oh, my God. It changes everything. Wow. Funny you say this because Tim Burton was actually initially set to direct this movie. This first one? Yep. Uh, but he ended up not taking the job. Oh. And, obviously, he's now gone on to do Wednesday instead. Yep. But, yeah, he was originally attached to make the movie before Barry Sonnenfeld came on. It was Barry Sonnenfeld's first movie as well. It was his directorial debut. Wow. Mm. Um, big task in a way. And it must have been a big task because he fainted during shooting. Three wow. weeks into directing, he was taken to a stu- uh, talking to a studio executive who was concerned about the budget for the film <laughs> when he felt a tremendous pressure in his chest as if someone was blowing up a balloon inside him and he passed out. Uh, so obviously that might have been a way who just to knew? get out of that budget meeting, but who knew that the scariest things the Adam Adams family could do was their money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Who knew? That's another thing. The the speaking about the budget and all that kind of stuff. Like 
one thing that I love about this movie was how much they did practically. I yeah. I'm a sucker for practical effects. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. And so all the stuff that like their sets outside the graveyard, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, it's all real. Thank goodness for that because it makes it feel a lot better and a lot more enjoyable. Hundred yeah, percent. Well, the whole plot of Uncle Fester actually being Uncle Fester in the end, mm. Christina Ricci is to thank for that. Because the actors were all concerned about the whole Festa storyline. Initially, it was going to be unknown if Gordon uh, was actually Uncle Fester. Ooh. The actors all got together. They nominated Christina, well, Wednesday Adams herself, yeah. to give an impassioned plea to the writer and director <laughs> two weeks before <laughs> shooting that he shouldn't be an imposter. Wow. Apparently, the only actor that didn't care was Christopher Lloyd, who was playing Fester. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care. Of course. Uh, I'm happy that they did take it back to him actually being Fester because yeah. I would have been completely lost. Yeah. So one thing that may, one thing that makes me very sad to hear initially the Mamushka, the scene was much longer and it featured Gomez and Fester singing about brotherly love. <laughs> Broadway veterans were hired to write the traditional Adams clan number, but most of the scene was cut because a California test audience composed of 16 to 32 year old white males didn't care for it. Wow. Oh. So people like you, Josh, you're oh, the reason you we the didn't get more Mamushka. <laughs> Oh. Your age bracket. It's all you young whippersnappers fault. We didn't get more mamushka. <laughs> I'm sure that you you might be able to go and pitch to studios just to make a movie just about that ritual. Oh, imagine. Oh, just get 100%. a backstory imagine. where it came from. 100%. Like they're doing all these. Maybe we'll get it in the uh, in the Wednesday TV series. Maybe <gasps> oh, that's I where it comes so. from. They're, tell- they're delving into. Well, they, hey, that's if they end that series with a mamushka, I'm down. Yeah. Yep. All for it. Yep. Uh, so this movie cost $30 million to make, which in 1991. Fair chunk of money for a movie that was based on a property from 30 years ago. Yeah, you gotta remember it was in the 60s the TV show was out. So, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be like making a movie off a TV show from 1985 now. Thunderbirds. Mm. I don't know. You seen the Thunderbirds movie? Is there a movie of it? I didn't know. Oh, Josh. Didn't know. Yeah, there's a Thunderbirds movie. I need to catch up. It came out about 15 years ago. Oh, reckon, okay. And it was one of those like sky high, like oh. teen. Yeah. Was it like okay. Spy Kids? It kind of was oh, the actual funny. the actual series was wasn't, but I reckon I reckon you would probably like the Thunderbirds movie. Okay, which says all cool. you, says all you need to know about it, really. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, and it grossed uh, 191 million worldwide. This movie, so okay. pretty good nice. turnout, and it has become a cult classic on VHS yes. DVD. Obviously, yeah. we've seen everything. everything that it spawned since, um, and the fact that you know you're still getting you know, Christina Ricci in uh, the Wednesday TV show and. I had heard a rumour that Angelica Houston's been cast in the next season of it as well. Nothing's uh, been confirmed yet, but that was a rumour going around. So that okay. would be cool. So you, know, you get Morticia. 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 Yep. Morticia and Wednesday both in it. One um, thing about Morticia, that I don't know what they did, but the lighting on her the face The lighting on her, her eyes, eyes. And that was a deliberate choice. Yeah, that was something that was like, how, how, how and why? Yeah. You can imagine how hard it would be to set those shots up. Oh, so much the lighting time. to make that work. Mm. But it's so effective at the same yeah. time. Yeah, so good. So good. So... All right, down to the big questions, Josh. Okay. What would you rate this movie out of five? I think I need to give it one more rewatch to get a solid, solid review. So I'm sitting on the fence at the moment. So I'll give it about a three to a 3.5. Yeah, it's not bad. Only because I had some little concerns and was a little bit confused on the plot. Now that I've seen it this one time, I can go into it. Understanding, Understand and it might go up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, at the moment, I'm I'm just in well, the middle. Yeah, when you don't have to yeah. focus, it's hard to try to figure out what's going with yes, the plot. And exactly, you and you're not writing notes and, the whole time. Exactly, that's and that's, that was another problem. I was like, uh, huh, huh, what? Oh and no, missing things. Yeah, yeah, we have we have that issue. 
all the time. quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. And would you watch a sequel to this movie? I would. I good, would. I'm glad the because the sequel the is very good. So we might yes. even have to get you back post Adam's Family stage show. Okay. We might get you back after sequel. you've played Festa because, again, the sequel is very Festa heavy as well. Mm. Oh, okay. And it's basically Festa Falls in Love. Yeah. Ooh. So uh-huh. we uh, we might have to get you in. It's a little less sketchy like this one, a little less sketch comedy, a more yep. proper plot. Okay. Yep. So we may have to get you back in, I think. Mm, I'll probably be craving more because the show will be done. Exactly. Like, You'll need something. We'll be having you withdrawals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josh, mate, thanks for coming in. That's it's okay. always fun to have you in the studio. And as I said, we will have you back soon. That wraps it up for another week. We'll be back next week for another episode of It's About Time You Watch This. You've been listening to It's About Time You Watch This, a creative media production.